Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. You're listening to Night Talk. It's always an honor and a pleasure being in your company. To the ballot box. Uh, look, 2024, really, and we'll, we'll, we'll always say this, and everybody's saying this, and no one's wrong about it, will be the most uh, contested election we've had in our democratic dispensation. Um, it may be the election that for the first time sees a different government take the national office. Um, but it's unlikely to be, in the, in the case that it happens, it's unlikely to be that a single party crosses the line of 50%. It likely will take um, the collective voting power of the opposition parties. A moonshot pact is in the works among certain political parties, but some political parties, really small ones, that seems to have built quite rapidly a, a national profile, gotten great number of a great deal of visibility, uh, and may well see growth uh, as a party. Are, un, are, are haven't picked a side yet, haven't played open cards yet. Parties such as the African Transformation Movement. We'll try to have a, a, a round table with the national leaders of the Moonshot Pact parties at some point, and I, I think it's an important conversation. Uh, but what are other parties like uh, AIM, for instance? Sorry, AIC, uh, saying ACP, um, uh, African Transformation Movement. What what position do they take? And should it come down to the wire and their two percent or their three percent? becomes a deciding percentage, what are they likely to decide? Do they have a coalition framework in place that is a guiding principle, generally speaking, for the party? That really is what voters are going to become interested in. And you can be a part of the conversation. 86 Zama Anjona is the national spokesperson for ATM. Zama joins us on the line. Zama, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Good evening to you, Oliver, and uh, listeners. Yeah. Zama, if, let's go to 2024. The elections come out. You you guys become a 2.5% party. Um, you have a little bit more seats than you currently do in Parliament. Um, and the difference uh, that will take the ANC over the line is 2% or your 2.5%. Or the difference that takes the opposition spectrum over the line is 2% or your 2.5%. What is ATM deciding in that moment? Um, we put the people of South Africa first. What, what does what that mean? Do. Uh, it means that one because each political party going to the elections would have set for a policy conference and derived a manifesto. And when we get to that point where we have to choose in the prioritization of South Africans, we align um, ideologies, uh, programs that will put the people of South Africa first. We can't run away that there is a party that has been Zama, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there because I want us to get very clear and practical because those are just general political platitudes. I, I'm not sure what it means. When you say you put the people of South Africa first, in practice, what does that look like? It means, in the physical, create a conducive environment wherein the people of this country can grow without limitations, can participate in the economy of this country, can have a healthy health system can find an inclusive system that will prioritize them. So in the physical, in the psychological, 
in the social, in the socio-economic, and in the spiritual aspects of their living. Whatever policies that you choose, whatever political party that you choose, it must be a political party that will advance that ideal. Yeah, that's what it means. Okay, so again, let's go to that that ultimatum of 2024. Uh, you know yeah. enough about our political parties, all of them, to be able to tell us which way you are likely to go. Again, are you taking the ANC over the line, or are you taking the opposition coalition effort over the line? Um, right now, as the African Transformation Movement, to say that we are choosing the ANC, it would be very foolish of us to say that. Okay. But as much as we are saying that, it will also be foolish to say we're taking the DA over the line. So you're willing to take... So, okay, so you're willing to take the opposition effort over the line insofar as it's not the DA's candidate that becomes the president? Not necessarily. Uh, take it for... For instance, 2020, the African Transformation Movement uh, um, advances the motion of no confidence on the president of the country, basing it on 15 performance-based reasons, one of them being debt to GDP, state-owned state enterprises, the economy crumbling, and all of those things. The DA comes and it says, no, we are not going to support that motion. We want this president to privatize state-owned enterprises and implement the economic recovery plan. And we say, wait for a moment. Who stands to benefit from this? Now, okay. it is such stance that would make us as the African Transformation Movement to say, all right, uh, yes, you are opposition like us, but what is it are you putting on top of the table and who in the demographics of this country stands to benefit from that? So it is not just a simple issue of uh, we are just opposition and therefore let's come together. Right. That's why we are saying the prioritization of the people of, the South Africa, of South Africa will be the determinant that determines who we choose to, to be in a coalition government with. Because we do not want a scenario where we find the already uh, affluent being advanced only on the basis of we are opposition and therefore we must gang together. Okay. So this is why I said both to say right now the ANC would be the one we're taking over would be very foolish of us. But then again, equally so, to say that the DA would be the party that we take over the line would also be foolish of us to do that. Because what is going to determine who goes over as much as we hate what the ANC has done in this country, but we also hate the fact that the people of this country may find we may find the majority once again taking mm. a backseat whilst the minority is advanced. Okay. What will be a likely scenario is that the two biggest parties coming out of what will be the scenario, in fact, coming out of the 2024 elections, is that the ANC will be the biggest party. Whether or not they'll have more than 50% of the voter share is what is the mystery here. But they certainly will have the largest voter share. The Democratic Alliance will have the second largest voter share. You will likely find yourself in a scenario where you'll have to choose between the ANC or the DA. And you say both those choices are foolish. What does that mean? That the ATM is likely to abstain from the vote? No, no. We, we would never abstain. <laughs> the people of South Africa would know. A two-membered party went into a 400 seat parliament and definitely stood its ground with or without the support and that's what we will do 
we are not going to just stay away. We are going to make sure that we are going to um, leave no stone unturned till we advocate for the advancement of the people of this country. Uh, still again, then, that says nothing about what you're voting on the day. Now, the reason I'm, I'm still... Okay, maybe let's, let's also backtrack a little. Sure. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's beautiful for us to say in the event that this happens and in the event that that happens, that happens, and therefore we will. But our stance as the African Transformation Movement first says, go, speak to the electorate, and let the electorate give you the mandate. And then when you have that mandate, let's come and discuss. Discussing, discussing now the scenarios, yes, we may discuss them, but they're not going to go very far. But yeah, the thing until we have the mandate. The thing, Zama, about political maturity is that it requires political foresight and scenario planning, right? Without the, those two things, you can't consider yourself a mature political offering. So you can't say, well, we'll wait and we'll cross the bridge when we get there. You kind of have to say, if that is the bridge we get to, how are you intending on crossing it? Um, and again, the only mandate the people of South Africa will give you is those who vote for you insofar as they vote for you. You guys aren't a particularly big party. You're a 2%, a 2.4% party. You're If you double in size, you become a 4% party or a 5% party. Right. It doesn't make you incredibly big, but it gives you enough uh, seats to have to be a part of the conversation uh, and have a contribution to what will become the opposition offering or the minority offering as far as opposition uh, politics are concerned. You are then likely going to be in a situation where you have to choose between the two parties that you call foolish. Let's 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 start with the 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 projections. Sure. (laughs) 2014, a, a particular party X wearing red overalls goes into parliament and shouts, bring back the money with a 21-member battalion, and in five years later, they come back 44. Okay. Now, you see that we, ha- we can actually have more than just a fraction growth. In yeah, South the EFF Party. doubled in size, and... If all goes well for the ATM, you may also double in size, but you're certainly not a 50, uh, 50% party, and you're unlikely going to be a 50% party, and so you're going to have to make a choice, like every other party, about what the future government looks like, and your choice, however big or small you may be, is an important one, especially to those who are considering to vote for you. If it does then come down to having to choose between the ANC and the Democratic Alliance in 2024, you say both those choices are foolish, but you will have to make a decision whether you like it or not. Politics is not convenient and comfortable. Sometimes you have to make the uncomfortable choice. The question here is, which uncomfortable choice is ATM likely to go for? What have we learned about coalition governments? In the 48-hour window that you get, for the eight-hour window or to a week where political parties come, even though the manifestos were there, even though the the leaning towards the left and the right, the center, have always been there, but you begin to see that in that particular uh, time of negotiating, people are able to move from their uh, uh, rigid positions. Right. And when they see 
that what is it, what kind of a mandate, to which extent have they been given the mandate, if that becomes a very crucial point. This is why sure. we raised that issue when we said it is very imperative for people to, for instance, let's say a party X, we, we enter into a pact with party X right now and it does not come back. Yeah. It changes the dynamics. So this is why the African Transformation Movement says, go and get the mandate, a fresh mandate from the electorate. Come back with that mandate. Let's sit and talk. Because right now, what we are going to do, as much as you can play your scenarios all you want, without a fresh mandate from the people of this country, and some, we have seen political parties who have not come back from election. Yeah. So this is why it is important for us that people must first win the hearts of South Africans. They must get a fresh mandate. They must then come to the table. Yes, we will sit with our policy uh, in our policy conferences. Yeah. We will develop a manifesto that will speak to the prioritization of the people of this country. But in a coalition set up, in that 48-hour window or seven days, it is then going to be important. What are the non-negotiables? What, what are your... Are yeah, those? let's pause there. What are the non-negotiables of the ATM? The African Transformation Movement, one, and the, on, on when you are not going to look into the, the issue of the local or the microeconomy and okay. prioritize the, the, the maxim, maximize participation of citizens of this country in that economy. If you're not going to come to us and talk about that, you are not yet uh, speaking a language uh, that we believe in because uh, we are a people mandated by the people of this country for their maximum benefit. So the low-hanging fruit must be readily available for, so that the people of this country may benefit. Uh, it's going to be very important. Two, it's going to be important uh, for us as the African Transformation Movement. If anybody is going to speak to us, they must speak to the importance of good quality, compulsory education, mainly easily accessible fully, especially by those who were previously disadvantaged. If you are mumbling around that, you are not speaking our language. As as the African Transformation Movement, you would also have to speak to the question of the land. It is imperative that we speak about the land question, because not until we speak to maximum participation or being able to um, to assist the people of this country so that the economy is for is inclusive and, and, and in a country that is ruled with integrity. You are not yet speaking to the African Transformation Movement. The African Transformation Movement uh, says as much as it is important for us to speak one Africa from Cape to Cairo, the United States of Africa, one currency for Africa, borderless Africa, but the citizens must be prioritized in their own country. The citizens that vote in that country, the citizens that pay taxes in that country, those citizens must be prioritized. You must speak extensively about the eradication of crime. You must speak extensively about the political will of uh, 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 any government to eradicate eradicate, uh, uh, crime because it can be that in 2018-2019, you had a murder rate of 58 people murdered a day. 
And in 2023, you have 80 people murdered a day, and it is just business as usual. So for us, these are but some of the issues that we're raising, that, that we are saying, if you're not going to speak into these issues, uh, uh, you are not speaking our language. It is important to prioritize the people of this country. So those are four things. One, you're non-negotiable on economic policy. Two, you're non-negotiable, uh, non-negotiable on education policy. Three, you're non-negotiable on the land question. And four, you're non-negotiable on crime. Um, so let's comb through some of those, those, each of those. By the way, give us a call if you have a question for, for, for uh, the ATM. The number to dial is 86 0 You can also send us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. Zaman Jona, the national spokesperson of the ATM, is with us in this conversation. So let's go through some of those four elements that you've raised as your non-negotiable elements, uh, Zama. Let's start with the land question. I think that's an easy one. What is the ATM's position on land that it's not un- that it's not willing to waver away from? It, it is important that um, one, we we realize that it is always the, when you look at the challenges of this country that we have currently, and when you look at the history of the struggle. You can't run away that land has always been central to that. Right now, we have places like the Nelson Mandela Bay in the Eastern Cape that is struggling to find land for development. Yeah. Because land is not in the hands of government. Yeah. So uh, let me, let me, let's make this a multiple choice exercise. Is the ATM going for a land redistribution uh, without compensation? Um, uh, or is it going for a willing buyer, willing seller model? Or is it abandoning that altogether and say, let's focus on land restoration on a case-by-case basis? We are saying, one, it, it is very important that you do not just say land. Uh, categorize land. Uh, farming land, mining land, uh, residential land. Uh, it becomes important because... In our quest, yes, we want to deal with the issue of the land must be taken uh, back to uh, to government, but it must be categorized so that you do not get to a point where you then deal with the food security, a, st- a stable food security of this country. You deal with it in a manner that will be hazardous to the people of this country. Yeah. So categorize land. It is very important because the security, remember, that we are in government to, one, make sure that we protect the people of this country. So if there is a potential threat to the livelihoods of the people of this country, we must make sure that we speak, uh, we, 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 we do whatever we do in a manner that is going to protect that. But having said that, we must not find ourselves um, held hostage uh, in that we can't move to the issues of reform and redistribution because uh, we are finding some sectors of our society closed, economy that is. We can't find ourselves hostage to that. So it becomes imperative for us as as the party that we look to strike a balance between a, a redistribution, but also making sure that we do not get to a point where 
we had this country. So the African transformation movement is about the the land being taken to its rightful owners, but that must be done in a gradual manner that is not going to disturb, uh, like, for an example, food production. I'll just make that sure. an, as a, an as example. So, so, so on that issue, yes, expropriation of land without compensation, but we must characterize land. Okay. So expropriation of land without compensation of which land category? One, let's look at uh, land for development. Okay. Um, yeah, land for development. It's so not, so not agrarian crop. land? No, I will go there. I'm just uh, starting here first. One, land for development. In the event that the, 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 the government, the, or, let's take, there are people who have land here, but who do not live in this country, nor the land is productive. They opted, South Africa is no longer viable for them, uh, and they have opted to go elsewhere around the world. But their title deeds still belong to them. Okay. Now, yeah. Now that type of land uh, is a land that could be uh, that could contribute towards our emancipation. The people who are in this country, and we have somebody who lives halfway around the world who is not even using this land. But because that person carries a title deed, we cannot do anything there. Okay. There, are, there is prime land in the coastal areas where people come once every four years, once every 10 years. This is, this is land that could be productive towards the emancipation of our people, but this land, we cannot do anything because we have our hands tied. So it becomes important for us to look at, in the event that this particular piece of land, there is a developer, there is an investor, there is a non-existent, title deed holder. Let's have a conversation. Okay. Let's have a conversation because because now we have what potentially could free uh, the people of this country, but now because we have an individual who, is, who in fact, one would say, um, who left this unmended, so to speak. It's barren now. It's no longer productive. It's not contributing anything. So it's one of one of the areas that you could say uh, are, are up for consideration when it comes to issues of expropriation. But sure. also, we speak about the issue of uh, uh, 1913 coming closer. Uh, but we know that there are people of uh, uh, there are people uh, who were dispossessed of their land from 1652 coming closer. The African Transformation Movement says, why widen up the scope? Why only yeah. uh, the limited to 1913? Widen up the scope okay. so that the people can, 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 can be placed rightfully in their rightful areas. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, a... and, and in doing so, uh, 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 be mindful of the people who would want to take cash over land because yeah. that would be undoing the very process that we are trying to undo again. Uh, as far as that is concerned. So these are just two areas that I'm raising uh, which I feel uh, uh, could assist us in giving some indication around the trajectory and the direction of the party. Yeah. I'm going to pause you there because I want to take a caller. Uh, Zig in Randburg. Zig, good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. Yes, I would very much like to challenge your guest 
to say uh, uh, how can he justify any political party that has its heritage, its foundation, and probably its financial backing in the Gupta brothers, hey? <laughs> With Jimmy Manye, who was, who was uh, 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 one of the corruptors of Jacob Zupta, uh, Zuma, Zuma, and his son Duduzane. Uh, that whole fraternity is, I would have thought, is ensconced in okay. so, the so, African so, transformation movement. So what is the question, Zig? The question is, how can you justify a decent, honest, uh, integritous uh, political party on the basis of where Jimmy Manye came from with the ATM okay. uh, because he had a fake newspaper to destroy uh, uh, South Africa's Press. Okay, Zig, I think your question is, station. yeah, your question is well captured. I'm going to leave it there uh, and let Zamo uh, and Zama respond to that. Zama, do you want to respond to that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. In fact, it's one of my favorite questions, that one, because at some stage, the African transformation movement and the uh, Republic of South Africa, we must get to the bottom of this and remove this uh, cloud that seemingly is hovering over the African transformation movement. One, the African transformation movement is not, was never, a branch of the African National Congress. Let's just cut there. Two, the African National Congress, the African transformation movement, uh, uh, has no relations whatsoever in its formation with the African National Congress, nor members of the African National Congress. This is the history that I want my uh, good friend uh, to learn. You can Google right now the origins. It is the South African Messianic Council of Churches, the indigenous churches of this country, who couldn't find expression with the South African Council of Churches. And by extension, where also, though they were given by, were given by the million voters to the ruling party, but found themselves neglected without even being able to purchase a, a piece of land to build a church. Mm. These are the people who found themselves praying for graduates to go out in the outside world to occupy when they know that the economy of this country is on a downward trajectory and therefore will be shedding jobs. And the amount of prayer is going to expand the economy of this country. Ooh. We lost Zama there. Oh, my goodness. My apologies. But, yeah, we're at the end of that anyway. I'm so sorry about that, Zama. Uh, I'm going to take your calls. 086-000-2032. It is the open line on the other side of us. I want all your reactions to that. It's a minute after 11 o'clock. Let's take your news bulletin with Greg Hose.